Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Oh, hey, friends. It's your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Gang, gang, what? No, I'm kidding. Welcome to the show. We are two, two and a half weeks into January? Uh, two weeks-ish. I mean, by the time you're hearing it, it's going to be two weeks exactly. But granted, this is Sunday. So, CES happened last week. Huh? How about that? Huh? Huh? Some major video game things happened there. Some other major video game news happened this week. But, but, no, I'm kidding, there's no but. I did see 1917, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But instead of prattling on, why don't we just get right into what we're talking about? Or what I'm talking about. We're not talking about anything. You're listening to me talk today, which is the norm here, really. Anyway, anyway, how about this, huh? Potential leaked images of a PS5 controller hit the web this week. After a office cleaner decided to post pictures from a developer where they were working on PS5 dev kits. And they had some real beefy boys of a controller. Looked like a thicker PS4 controller, to be honest. A thicker PS... DualShock 4, excuse me. Let me use official terms before you guys scream and yell because I didn't say the right thing. Uh... That's it, though. I mean, we don't even know if it's real or just a, a third party, but that's what happened. We'll get to PS5 some more in a second. Uh, Platinum Games has announced that they promised some big news for 2020. Uh, they're also going to start looking at self-publishing some titles. And uh, I guess that's a good thing for the industry. It doesn't hurt to have more publishers, and you can't always rely on the on the big guys, you know, you got to do some some other stuff there. Uh, so that's really cool from them. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Golem game has been confirmed for next gen. PS5 and Xbox One is, is projected to release sometime in 2021. Haven't heard from that game in a while. It's been a, been a while. Um, what uh, looks like to be another Assassin's Creed leak is pretty much confirming that the next Assassin's Creed is going to be uh, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok and will be, uh, it will be Viking themed. I'm very excited, especially building off a God of War from last year. That's a, that's a cool thing to do. Vikings present a awesome uh, chance to mess around in the Assassin's Creed universe, that's for sure. And it would take place after Ancient Greece, so it fits, it fits. I, I, uh, this will be interesting. I, I can't wait to see how that plays out. That'll be really fun. Uh, looks like this, uh, Twitch raised three, or excuse me, three, $200,000 for Australian fire relief. And that's, that's really awesome. They, uh, it said, what can, a lot of people, you know, say, what can I do to help? So two streamers had a 24-hour Twitch stream for charity. Their initial goal was around 100 was around 15,000 Australian. 
they uh, raised roughly about 15 times, 20 times that they said, which is about 200,000 US. And uh, yeah, that's crazy. I I just, it's awesome that people have come together to do for that. They hit $1,000 in four minutes. They reached their initial goal of 15,000 in under an hour. And over the next six hours, they raised 80,000. Um, one streamer even gave him 14,000 himself, another 7,000. I, I just, it's awesome. So they finished around 300,000 Australian dollars, uh, which is about 200,000 US. They ended up doing a 36 hour stream. It, it's been, that that's really awesome. And you guys can always continue to donate to Australia through the Red Cross Australia. It's a great place to donate. Uh, if you guys are looking to help out, uh, th those fires are raging. Doesn't look like there's any end in sight. Um, you know, I was just reading recently that the smoke is expected to go around the planet two to three times, which is insane if you think about it. But uh, it's a good cause to give to if if you want to. Um, but yeah, that's that's really awesome of them to do that. Uh, some things happened at uh, CES, video game-wise. Uh, a couple different things. First thing, let's start with Xbox here. Uh, allegedly, uh, I don't know, they said, this is per Microsoft, there won't be any Xbox Series X exclusive games. Uh, and, and that means a lot of those games will be able to play on Xbox One, which is expected. Um is directly from Phil Spencer or Matt Booty, excuse me, Xbox Game Studio boss. As our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. And we want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel they made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content. And now that I'm reading this, I think it's extreme to say it won't have exclusives. I think it's going to be more PC-like, where, where there will be sliders and you can adjust games. I mean, PC doesn't have PC-exclusive games. Like, I'm, Yes, they do, but what I mean by that is when you have a third-party game on PC, and it, it all comes down to what graphics card you have and things like this. It's not, it's not a blanket thing like, oh, sorry, your game, you can't play your game on computer because... I mean, yes, if you have a, a old enough graphics card, but at at the end of the day, these games are developed for PC uh, for a for a wide range of graphics cards. Some people will play it a low resolution. Some play, people will play it 4K 120, like like pristine. So it, it it it's it's asinine to think that oh well on Xbox Series X. Like no, it's just they're gonna look better on Xbox Series X and. Granted, it all comes down to what really happens in, in six months' time, seven months' time. Like, we don't know what anything really looks like yet. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. And yes, I can eat my words later. Of, of course things can change. But it's, it's ridiculous to, to say this when we haven't really seen any real gameplay footage. Yes, we've seen in-engine stuff running on dev kits we need to see things out in the wild on the actual system before we start poking jabs but no matter uh we also got to see the processor for this new xbox phil spencer tweeted it out himself and 
Uh, it is an 8K processor. Uh, it, it did have Project Scarlet on it and 8K. And it, it just looks like a processor. I mean, that's it. I mean, they did the same thing with, with uh, Project Scorpio, which turned out to be the Xbox One X. I mean, if you're into looking at circuit boards and silicon, then this might be up your alley, but... Um, yeah, it's just a processor. I, I don't even know how to describe this because I'm not that guy. But I'm sure there's somewhere on the internet that will break it down. Probably uh, uh, Eurogamer and their... Um, oh, what's that arm of them, of Eurogamer called, that breaks down all the tech and stuff? Um, I can't think of the name. I'll probably think of it later. But we did get some news out of out of CES for PlayStation as well. We got to see what... The PlayStation 5 logo looks like. Spoilers, it looks exactly like the PlayStation 4 logo with a 5. And the PlayStation 3 logo with a 5. And just a pretty much every PlayStation logo, to be honest. And the memes were hilarious. The cat one is great. Uh, the one where someone said the PlayStation logo, PS5 logo we deserve, and it's like the old PlayStation 3 font that's like the Spider-Man font. Uh, ones with, like, Eric Andre. It's like, why would you make something so controversial yet so brave? I just... Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, PS5, guys. No word yet on what the console looks like. Pricing, if there's going to be event an event before E3 like they did with PS4. So, there you go, guys. So bold, so fresh. Interesting. Anyway, let's get to the meat. The meat of this week's video game news. And uh, before I say that, before we get into that, because it is Pokemon related, uh, I finally got to really sit down with Pokemon Shield. That's the one I'm playing first. It's starting to grow on me a lot. I'm really digging the music, especially the music when you play Hop, your rival. And the music when you play a gym leader and there's Dynamaxing. It very buys into that whole vibe of like a soccer stadium feel. Uh, still not perfect. Still really dumb that it's 2019 and I'm playing a game that doesn't have any voice acting. And I brought this up last week and it just it's it's very annoying. Uh, I do have a solid Pokemon team, though. I've fully evolved my um, my starter into Rillaboom from Grookey, who's a, a awesome, awesome Pokemon. Uh, most of my team is fully evolved. I haven't caught a whole lot. I'm, I'm trying to do more of that now as the game progresses, just so I can have a more well-rounded team, if you will. Uh, the wild area has gotten a lot better because now that you have more of it to explore... There is some awesome Pokemon to catch in there. Like, you'll get fully evolved Pokemon. Like, I saw a Dusk, Dusknoir. Is that the second one? So, yeah, there's a wild Dusknoir just cruising around. Or a wild uh, Noivern, which is from X and Y. Like, you'll get, like, the third or, or second evolution. I saw a Machamp. A friggin' Machamp was just cruising around in the wild area. Yes, they're way more powerful, but it... it it's a Pokemon that normally would require trading to catch. You can catch just cruising around in the wild. And and that's 
that's pretty friggin' awesome that they they do that. Um, and it, it's uh, I'm I'm happy that they've expanded on things and done things differently. But at the same time, a lot of stuff feels like a step back, especially when the Switch is capable of a whole lot more. Um, as as you can see with they're putting Skyrim and Red Dead and things like that on it. And I but but I, I let's take a step back. They are rectifying, Game Freak and Nintendo are rectifying one of the biggest issues gamers had with the launch of Sword and Shield, and they are addressing Dexit, or Mass uh, Pokedex Exit. And what's happening is uh, DLC is coming to the Pokemon series for the first time in what's being called... Um, it's part of the expansion pass. It's a $30 pass. And it will include uh, two new adventures and more than 200 of the past game's Pokemon. So uh, those, from my understanding, you do not have to buy the expansion pass to be able to play with those Pokemon. You can always trade for them and, and transfer them now. Uh, well, that will be part of an update. Um, however, if you want to get the new Pokemon, I think you have to get the, the DLC. Uh, we'll start with the Isle of Armor in June. And then the Crown Tundra later in the fall, and they're adding several new, uh, several new legendaries, and several remixes on some others. Uh, other new features coming in this new expansion: the uh, three original starters will now all have Gigantamax forms, joining Charizard, which was already there. Uh, Blastoise is getting one. Venusaur is getting one. Uh, the legendary that's being added in the Crown Tundra is called uh, Calyrex, Calyrex, and it looks like this weird deer type thing with this weird bulbous something in its horns. It's very thin. It doesn't look. It's not a four-legged deer, but like a two-legged deer. Uh, it's psychic and grass. In Isle of Armor, they will be adding a fighting type Pokemon called Cub Fu. Uh, looks kind of like a bear that fights Kung Fu, which evolves into Urshifu, which will have a water and fire type, from my understanding, or dark and dark and water, excuse me. Uh, also, a uh, new Galarian Slowpoke was added to the game, which you can actually get right now after you download the update uh, and you visit the train station in that first town. Um, but it's a the difference is Slowpoke has this like yellow spot in his head. Uh, you'll be able to uh, evolve it to, uh, so it's Galarian Slowpoke, and there's going to be Galarian Slowbro and Slow King, which will be available some point in the future during those DLCs when they come out. Also with the Isle of Armor, uh, you'll be able to Gigantamax your starters. So, um, so Inteleon, Score Bunny, or uh, Cinderace, and Rillaboom, uh, and then in the the Tundra one, what's that, what's it called? The uh, Crown Tundra, they're adding almost all the legendaries from past games. With some differences, however. We are getting a Galarian version of Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres. Zapdos looks to be shedding his big wings and is going to be ground-based. Uh, with an orange and black color scheme, which is hinting to me maybe a, a ground and fighting type. Uh, Galarian Articuno looks to be more ghost and psychic type. It's got a different head. It's purple, more purple and white and black. And then Galarian Moltres, 
I'm guessing is going to be dark and possibly fairy type. It's now black and pink uh, with some new plumes on its head and everything like that. It's very interesting looking for, for, for sure. I'm stoked on that. I can't wait to see how that turns out. And then what appears to be two new Reggie-type Pokemon, you know, like Regi-Ice, Registeel, Regirock from the Gen 3. Uh, these look to be a new uh, Dragon and Electric-type of the Regis. I wonder how that will tie in. Uh, and then, like I said, we're going to be getting all of the previous legendaries. So Solgaleo, Lunala, Tapu Bulu, Tapu Fini, Tapu Lele, Tapu Coco... Uh, Xerneas, Zygarde, Eveltal, Reshiram, Zekrom, Thundrus, Landris, uh, Tornadus, Dialga, Palkia, uh, Azelf, Mesprit, Yuxi, Groudon, Rayquaza, Kyogre, Ho-Oh, Lugia, Raikou, Enti, Suicune, Mewtwo, Mew, uh, pretty much all the legendaries, which I just named, uh, minus a few. I, they showed another image with Heatran and Latios and Latias, uh, Lugia, so, uh, Zekrom, things like this. We don't have to worry. Uh, and also, just sprites of a lot of other returning Pokemon. No word y uh, yet on if we're going to get any more Galarian variants, uh, which is possible. Uh, looks like all the Regis, like I said already, and they're going to have new temples. Uh, a lot of this stuff is online. It's really cool to look at. Uh, looks like they're going to be changing the bike up in some way. Uh, but that's all going to be coming, and it starts in June with the Isle of Armor. And like I said, that is a $30 price tag on that expansion. Also announced during the Direct, a uh, new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon remaster of the um, original Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game. Pokemon Home is expected sometime in February, which is essentially the more modern and new version of what Pokemon Bank used to be. And then... A lot of other stuff, like I said, is, is happening in that. So it's a, a good expansion coming and addresses a lot of the concerns people had with the, the missing Pokemon or so. Yes, it doesn't bring us to the total number of all Pokemon, but it brings us a lot closer than what we were at the launch of Sword and Shield. So that's kind of it for video games. We'll have some more Pokemon news at the end of the show, but I'll, I'll explain that later. Uh, just kind of going over some stuff from CES. AMD has announced new affordable RX 5600s. Uh, comparable to lower-end um, NVIDIA's. It's, it's going to be for, like, if you just want 1080p and you're not really looking for 4K, uh, they're going to be in around the 280 price range. Asus has announced a new 360 hertz refresh rate monitor, which is just insane. Like that, why? Why? Most people can't even see that. It doesn't make any sense. No word on price or release date. Intel has shown off its new Tiger Lake 10 nanometer plus processors, which are the future of processing. Pretty awesome, actually. Uh, able to fit in some more discrete GPU capabilities. And building off that, they actually announced their own discrete GPUs, uh, which are expected to release sometime later this year. Uh, Razer has a new modular PC called the Tomahawk that is aiming to make it a lot easier to customize your own PC, things like this. Uh, LG has announced that they have new 4K OLED TVs that will come preloaded with both G-Sync for NVIDIA and FreeSync uh, from AMD, which means uh, it's expected to work with the next generation of consoles, at least the Xbox Series X and potentially the PS5, since they will be using AMD graphics cards. 
Uh, AMD has also said that they may have ray tracing in their high-end GPUs this year. Uh, no official yet, though. They said it might be possible. That's really the only thing keeping them behind NVIDIA at this point. Uh, Hyperkin announced the new Retron Junior, which is essentially a device that will allow you to play Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and Game Boy Color titles on your TV, similar to their Retron 5 consoles, which are just have slots for all old cartridge games. Uh, old cartridge consoles, I should say. Uh, this is a nice addition to their lineup. And... That is it for CES. Those are some of the, uh, at least the gaming highlights, if you will. There's a whole lot of other stuff that came out of uh, CES, just not in the gaming world, per se. With that, we move on to television news. Uh, surprisingly a lot for this time of year, as TV shows are only recently coming back from their winter hiatus. Uh, Lucifer and Netflix have announced that they have found their god for season five, the final season, and he will be played by none other than Dennis Haysbert. Haysbert famously played uh, the president in the first few seasons of 24, uh, and of course more people recently know him as the Allstate commercial man, like, are you in good hands? You know, that guy. Someone has taken over the spot that Will Poulter vacated for the Amazon show, uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings show. Uh, he will be replaced by Robert Aramayo, who you might know as young Ned Stark from uh, season 7 of Game of Thrones. He's taken over the lead role. Uh, the CW has renewed all Arrowverse shows, uh, with the exception of Arrow, which is coming to an end. It, so, Black Lightning, Supergirl, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, as well as Batwoman. So expect those back in the fall of 2020. Uh, Witcher Season 2 is expected to drop sometime in 2021. Uh, and then ABC announced that they want to talk to Kevin Feige about bringing a Marvel show to ABC, as they will have a very large gap that will be left open once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends this year. Uh, if you're a big fan of the Fargo television show on FX, that is expected to return in April, uh, as, as well as the return of What We Do in the Shadows Season 2. Uh, that's going to drop in April as well. Uh, Bong Joon-hoon, who is the director of many films that have captured the world's audience, like uh, Snowpiercer, and the one that's gaining a lot of attention right now in awards nominations is Parasite, is working with Adam McKay about possibly bringing an English adaptation of Parasite to HBO, and he is uh, they're currently in talks for that right now. The show Atlanta, which stars Donald Glover, is expected to drop two seasons this year in 2020, despite having been off the air for at least a year now, I think, in between seasons. I know that's a really good show. I, I need to check out. It's on my list. Uh, Sci-Fi has officially ordered a Chucky TV show. And this is the one, I think we talked about this a few months ago on the show. I know that this is actually going to be a continuation of the original Chucky timeline and movie series. So Don Mancini, the creator of Chucky, will be the showrunner and writer. This will ignore the more recent the more recent Chucky movie that had um, Aubrey Plaza and Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky. No word yet on if Brad Dorif is going to become coming back to be voicing Chucky on that. Uh, NBC has ordered a new comedy series based off the life of The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be in every single episode, uh, and they expect to have that airing soon. They are currently looking for a young version 
of The Rock. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that show. Uh, it's going to be a comedy and a drama, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I love The Rock. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is also getting a sequel. Uh, in this fo- this time in the form of a television show, and it will be on CBS, and will focus more on Clarice, as they do not actually have the rights to Hannibal Lecter. Uh, so this means it will not be attached at any in any capacity to the show Hannibal. So fun fact I learned while reading into this, I guess the uh, rights to the Silence of the Lambs, which is a book is completely separate to the rights of Red Dragon, Hannibal, and all the other stuff related to Hannibal Lecter. So th- it's interesting that this is what's happening. Um, I'm very surprised by this, actually. It's uh, different. Different, for sure. Uh, I don't know how you do a Silence of the Lambs sequel without really being able to talk about Hannibal Lecter, the most important person in regards to the Silence of the Lambs. And yes, I know Clarice is integral as well, but, I mean, it's Hannibal Lecter. But I guess this is going to be a procedural drama, which pretty much all CBS does at this point. Uh, And building off that, CBS also announced that they officially renewed Picard for a second season. Uh, This time it's official, as before it was uh, just a rumor, I guess. And uh, final bit of TV news here. Uh, Westworld has announced with this weird trailer that essentially puts an idea of where and when it takes place. Looks like to be 2058 at some point. Uh, Westworld Season 3 will drop on March 15th of this year. So just a few months away. And that is it for TV news. But uh, as we start to talk about movies, I do want to talk about 1917 first. Uh, No real spoiler cast because, I mean, yes, there's spoilers in the movie. I'm not going to give them away because that would kind of defeat the purpose of watching the movie. Uh, I I mean, I'll talk about it on, on nerd type movies and stuff just because that that's something I know you guys want to hear because breakdowns and things like that and how it affects the movie as a, a as a whole and the, the universes whereas with uh, with 1917 it's based in reality and if I told you guys that it would take away from a lot of the drama that's in the film and I, I don't want to do that in this particular instance but movie 100% 10 10 out of 10 for me it's it's so far at the top of my list for 2020, technically it's a 2019 today, uh, 2019 film as it is up for Oscar nominations, uh, more than likely as those have yet to be announced. Uh, I, I mean, it won Golden Globe, excuse me, uh, which makes sense because what they did for this movie to look like it was all one single take, and it mostly is, they just cut it together in a way that you don't really notice the cuts. And I, I just, I was enraptured by this movie and I don't even know if that's the right term but I I don't know it was just it was so amazing and and, and by doing a, a single take like that essentially in a a single cut uh, it, it 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 gives you a more intimate connection to the the characters and the stars of the film in a way that other films maybe don't have the luxury of doing and it it's it 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 it, it creates this carnal feeling and and connection and there's just so much going on without going on at the same time and it it paints a beautiful picture of of the realities and harshness of what trench warfare was and what world war one was like because I, i most people don't understand that world war one was the last war to be fought like that in in history really i mean there hasn't been trench warfare since 
that was the last one to really be like that as, as World War II. Yes, there was some trench warfare in World War II, but it wasn't on the scale of World War I. And, and the decimation that happened in World War I and the loss of life in, the, in that war, it just was next level. And, and it was so, it was a war fought in the 20th century that was very stuck in the 18th century, if you will. And granted, it wasn't like the 1800s where it was just big lines of armies walking to meet each other on the battlefield, but it wasn't like how World War II changed things and was more, uh, it wasn't guerrilla warfare like what would happen in, in Vietnam or, or current modern wars, but it, it was just, it was something different. And this movie is able to convey that idea uh, and also bring up the idea of PTSD and soldiers not wanting to go home because that that's existed forever. It's just only recently did we finally decide to put a name on it and things like this. And it's just, this is a movie I, I totally recommend you see. The fact that it won uh, Best Director and Best Drama, I think, at the Golden Globes is, is there's no question now. I, I am not questioning that at, at all now that I've seen the film and it, it, it just it's a movie like no other and what what uh, Sam Mendes was able to do with a lot of that stuff is is gorgeous and wow I just ama- amazing film amazing film and I, I, I definitely recommend all of you to go see it uh, like I said a perfect 10 out of 10 and it's a great start to what I am hoping is a great year for movies in 2020. Moving on, uh, Colin Farrell has been confirmed as the Penguin for Matt Reeves' The Batman. And this is going to be the first time the the Penguin hasn't been portrayed as a stout, pudgy little man that looks like a Penguin in in a very long time, probably since Burgess Meredith, I think, on the Adam West Batman, Batman show. But... If he keeps his accent, I think it will be good, and I think it will be fine. If he doesn't, then I'm not sure it will work out perfectly. But uh, I don't know. It's good to see Penguin, though, on screen. I don't know if anyone will be able to hold a candle to, to what DeVito did. And I'm, I'm hoping he does well. And it, it will be a good uh, refresher and give Colin Farrell a chance to redeem himself in comic book world after his turn as Bullseye in the Daredevil film. Hey, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Frozen 2 is now the highest grossing animated film of all time and has grossed a pro- expected, or projected, expected, I can't even talk today, an estimated $1.32 billion. Yes, billion with a B dollars. That's ridiculous ridiculous that Frozen made that kind of money. Uh, In another actor to go from DC to Marvel, and other actors do vice versa, this happens all the time, well, lately, Christian Bale is in talks to join Thor 4 in some capacity. I figured Christian Bale had moved on from doing superhero work, and no no skin off my back or anyone's my back I don't really fucking matter in, in the grand scheme of things like that but uh, uh, I'm, I mean that I felt that he had moved on and wanted to do more serious roles from now on but hey if he wants to be funny and do Thor 4 more power to him uh, it has now been confirmed that Hans Zimmer is going to score James Bond No Time to Die and 
if you ask me, that's probably the best decision they've made in a long time in terms of picking a composer for a movie. Uh, Hans Zimmer is one of the best in the industry right now. He's been around a long time. And I think he is the perfect person to have for Bond. He does great, big, bombastic scores and, and pieces. And I think that is the perfect person to do James Bond. Uh, he does serious movies. He does comedies. He does everything. So I think Hans Zimmer is 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 perfect for this. Uh, he knows what to do and how to get audiences and and uh, and capture their attention with with his with his music. Also got news from uh, the director of the Flash film that it will uh, be some version, excuse me, some version of Flashpoint. So this has already been floating around for years with all the different directors. I'm guessing they just couldn't agree on how to adapt Flashpoint per se. Uh, but they will adapt Flashpoint in some capacity for the Flash film, uh, now expected in 2022, uh, with Ezra Miller still starring as Barry Allen in the titular role. I got a new trailer for the Birds of Prey movie, which has me more excited than ever. I'm really digging the vibe of this movie and the tone. Uh, and we finally got our first look at Ewan McGregor in uh, his black ebony mask as Roman Sionis. Uh, black mask and it is not what the rumor was where it was going to be this like uh, leather mask with like straps and zippers and shit but it's actually going to be a wood mask that uh, emulates a skull and I am very excited to see that as a more comics accurate look and I'm very very happy to see that I, I can't wait for this movie to come out and it comes out in a couple short weeks so of course I'll be talking about it um so I'm very excited. This movie looks fucking awesome. And I like to see uh, the interaction between Harley and uh, Huntress and how they're all connected to the story. So it looks great. Um, got a new idea for the... Or a new idea. New actor for the Mission Impossible sequels. It looks like Nicholas Holt will be joining them. And I, I've been thinking now as more and more actors sign on to the next two installments in the Mission Impossible franchise... I'm starting to get the feeling that the last one is going to be in part one and part two. And I have a very also strong feeling that these will more than likely be the last films in the Mission Impossible franchise, at least with Ethan Hunt at the helm. Uh, as we all know, Tom Cruise is getting older and it's going to be getting harder and harder for him to do those stunts and keep his body healthy. Uh, so I don't foresee it going much longer. I mean, the man's going to be 60 by the time that second sequel comes around so or over 60 at that point probably i i just i i think they're going out with a bang and that's why they're getting all these people to, do, to sign up for the two and like i said i think it's going to be a two-part film and it's not going to be this this just one off in each one i, I think it's going to be a, a banger and it's going to go out with a fucking bang and just fucking nail it because the last few have been awesome and christopher mcquarrie at the helm is is perfect and uh, I can't wait to see how those all turn out in the in the next few years. Um, also got our trailer for New Mutants. Uh, and looks really cool. Uh, really weird at the same time. The rumor is that they've removed all connections to the old Fox X-Men films. And that also... Uh, we talked about this briefly last week. That they removed uh, all the reshoots. And this is going to be the original version of the director. And... I don't know, it, it looks different. 
and I wonder if there's going to be any mention of Colossus or anything like that, considering one of them is uh, the sister of Colossus in, in the comics, but that's coming out real soon as well. And uh, looks like it's not going to have the stink of some of the other more recent X-Men films. Uh, meanwhile, Scott Derrickson has left directorial duties on Doctor Strange 2. This is a big deal, as that film was supposed to enter production soon and is supposed to come out next year. And uh, apparently they, they parted ways amicably. And it was over creative differences, as is always the case. And he said that uh, creative differences, stepping down, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. I am thankful for collaboration and will remain on as an executive producer. So he didn't completely leave. That's a tweet from him directly. Uh, also, Marvel said to Variety, Marvel Studios and Scott Derrickson have amicably amicably parted ways on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. We remain grateful to Scott for his contributions to the MCU. This is very interesting. As things have started to come out more about the film, Kevin Feige said it's going to be horror, but not really. When Scott Derrickson was kind of pushing for horror, I am curious to see who they get to replace him. I think Jordan Peele would be a perfect person. He knows how to do humor, he knows how to do horror, he knows how to do suspense. Uh, look at what he's done with us, and this is, uh, or in Get Out, excuse me. I, I think he would be a, a good pick. A lot of other people could fill that role, but it'll be interesting to see what happens now with Doctor Strange 2 without Scott Derrickson at the helm. Uh, last week we were reported that Uncharted had lost another director, and the new rumor is... That Ruben Fleischer is at the top of Sony's list. Uh, you may know him from directing Venom. Last year's Venom, was it last year? Two years ago? And the original Zombieland film. And I wonder if they will be able to woo him to be the seventh director attached to the Uncharted film. I don't know. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was talking recently and said that he, I think he was given a, pre it's a press tour for Doolittle, which comes out this week. Um, has not ruled out the possibility of Iron Man coming back. He was uh, talking to Extra, and he said, yeah, anything could happen. As far as I'm concerned, I've hung up my guns, and I'm good to let it go. I also think that Marvel's on this journey now where they're trying a bunch of other stuff. I'm excited for them to see how all that goes. It's hard to project, but we get a lot of other stuff we want to do. I don't know what that means. I don't see how that's a potential to return. Uh, I mean, granted, he could be talking about the rumored cameo he has in the uh, Black Widow film, since that's a prequel to Endgame. But I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. David Ayer, uh, director of Suicide Squad, Fury, Bright on Netflix, was being interviewed and said that Bright 2 is still possible. They're still working on it with Netflix in some way. Um, he wants to expand on that world. I'm, I want to expand on that world. I really like that movie where, uh, Will Smith plays a cop with an ogre partner, uh, and was also asked about Gotham City Sirens, the film he is supposed to make with Margot Robbie as a continuation from Suicide Squad and obviously off Birds of Prey, uh, and said has, that movie has been put on hold as things move about over at DC and their 
movie slate. Which, uh, be interesting to see how things move forward. Uh, last bit of movie news is also the weirdest fucking movie news I've ever heard, and I think it's the dumbest fucking thing, and now Warner Brothers will be the laugh, laughing stock of Hollywood. They have reportedly partnered with a company called Cinelytic to use artificial intelligence to help the studio decide which movies it wants to make. This is per IGN. Uh, this technology allegedly is, quote, crunching numbers and breaking down huge data sets, according to Synalytic, Synalytic founder Tobias Kweiser. Yeah, this is fucking stupid. The system can calculate in seconds what used to take days to assess by a human when it comes to general film package evaluation or a star's worth. Artificial intelligence sounds scary, but right now an AI cannot make any creative decisions. What is good as it's crunching numbers and breaking down huge data sets and showing patterns that would not be visible to humans, but for creative decision making, you still need experience and gut instinct. I think this is bad. This will prevent a lot of smaller, more intimate films from being made. I think it will cause other films to be passed up that could actually turn out to be really big successes. I'm going to just use Knives Out for an example. Knives Out, a movie that probably cost less than $100 million to make, has now grossed probably over $250 million. And if AI gets involved and you calculate the stars in it, I don't think an AI would make necessarily have projected a movie like this to do so well. And I think Warner Brothers is making the wrong call here. I think they've been focused too much on their recent losses and are, I just, they've been mismanaged for a while there at Warner Brothers making asinine decisions. Granted, the brass at the top recently quit because of an affair scandal. And I just, you know what, maybe, maybe because of all the meddling that's happened, maybe an AI does need to make creative decisions and we wouldn't have gotten a lot of these asinine decisions that were made in the last few years on on some of these DC property movies. And uh, uh, You know what? No, forget it. I'm not even going to fathom that idea. No, this is fucking stupid. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, that's it for film. i uh, got a couple more stories to talk about. It was announced by Warner Brothers that the first Harry Potter flagship store will open this summer in New York City near the Flatiron Building in the Flatiron District. It aims to be a three-story, one-stop shop for all your Harry Potter needs, and we'll have the most Harry Potter memorabilia and paraphernalia, you know, gargbly marketing goop speak under one roof. So if you're a big Harry Potter fan like myself, and you're going to be in New York City uh, some point after this summer, that's something you can look forward to. Um, I'm hoping to get back to New York again this year. Um... Not guaranteeing it, though. But if you are in New York City at some point in the late summer, fall, or winter, uh, make sure to stop by the Harry Potter store if you're a big fan. Or I'm sure someone who is a big fan that might be a friend of yours might ask you to stop while you're there. And our last bit of nerd news here is uh, quite of a doozy. The Pokemon Company International has announced that moving forward in its trading card game, they are going to be removing the fairy-type Pokemon. Uh, card. So this means uh, they're consolidating their types essentially. Uh, Fairy is being removed and uh, will be moved to Psychic. Meanwhile, Poison types are going to be moved to Dark. 
and uh, this is this is the new set of the Sword and Shield series that is coming later this year. Uh, so all previously released this is probably GN. All previously released fairy Pokemon cards will still be legal in their respective formats, but there will be no f new fairy type Pokemon cards introduced going forward. Fairy energy may also be continue to be used, although the site says that may change in the future. Fairy type Pokemon from the video games will still be included in the TCG, but they will now mostly fall under the psychic type. As part of this type rearrangement, Pokemon that are po poison type in the video games will now be represented as darkness Pokemon in the TCG, presumably to make room for the incoming fairy types, and at the same time bolster the slim roster of dark type Pokemon. They also said, this is per Pokemon.com, the fairy type, which was introduced in the XY series, will no longer be supported in the Sword and Shield series. Uh, the, the cards, not the game. Pokemon that are the fairy types in the Pokemon video game series will now generally be represented as psychic type Pokemon in the Pokemon TCG. To maintain a balance among types, Pokemon that are poison types in the video games will now be represented as darkness types instead of psych psychic types. For the time being, basic fairy energy can still be used in the standard format, but that may change in the future. You know, this makes sense. I never understood why poison types were represented as psychic. It didn't really make any sense. Uh, granted, when the Pokemon card game series first launched, uh, everything was kind of consolidated. Bug type was represented as grass. Bug type never really got their own. Uh, ground, fighting, and rock were all the fighting symbol. And uh, dark didn't exist. Steel didn't exist flying, normal, all that was represented with colorless. So, I mean, they, they gotta make sure nothing's too complicated. Um, this is something, this is also from IGN. The Pokemon TCG has consolidated Pokemon types since day one. For an example, like I just said, the TCG fighting type included not only your standard fighting, but also rock and ground. Given there were originally 15 types of Pokemon back in the red and blue days, and that has grown to 18 over the years, it makes sense to simplify things for the TCG. Uh, this is continuing IGN. The TCG started with seven different types. Colorless, grass, fire, water, lightning, psychic, fighting. Before adding darkness and metal for Gen 2. Dragon in Gen 5. And finally fairy in Gen 7. Uh, Gen 6, excuse me. There was a grand total of 11 different types before this rule change. So now it's at an even 10. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but fairy types are very strong. And a lot of people use them in, in the competitive scene in the games as well. Um, they re they're resistant to dark and, uh, and dragon, a fairy type is a dragon's weakness. And, uh, the only problem is they had low HP, but again, they were, there's a lot of things going on. Um, it's interesting to see why f it, that fairy types are given, being given the ax, considering there's been a large influx of fairy type in the games and Pokemon in general. Uh, I'm kind of surprised to see this. Granted, a lot of old games from, or a lot of Pokemon from Gen 1 were retroactively added to Fairy type as well. And um, in 2017, the World Championship deck was Fairy type. Uh, Gar Gardevoir, uh, to be precise, was the, the basis. So it'll be interesting now to see uh, how that goes. Other rule changes I'm reading here uh, you're not able to play a supporter card on your first turn. Uh, also, pre-exist clarify pre-existing cards. New design for the pow powerful draw seven Pokemon Professor cards. Those are new. Um, recover was added. Uh, uh, it's all on their website. If you guys still play, 
I mostly collect, as I, as you guys probably saw, I posted an awesome picture of this new Giovanni card that I got. Fucking amazing looking card. I'm loving these full, uh, full card art cards that they're doing, where instead of just the card being in that little box, it's it's filling up the entire card. Um, this Giovanni card, and it's a foil card. It's probably the coolest fucking card I've ever gotten. Not gonna lie, um, but. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to check in next week. We should have a review of uh, uh, Bad Boys 2 or uh, what's the other movie? Um, Doolittle, depending on which one I see, if I see one or both, uh, as well as just more gaming stuff as always. Uh, we'll see what the fallout from CES is. I heard the... Um, I heard the nominations for the Oscars are supposed to come out this week as well. Uh, other than that, that's it. Like I said, for Nick's Nerd News, as always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts pages where you can like and subscribe to the show and have it at your fingertips at all times. Also at nicksnerdnews.com. You can find our social media in one handy-dandy place so you can see feeds from our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram where I post all the memes. Uh, or if you like, you can follow us on your preferred social media of choice. Just search for Nixner News and look for our fancy-dandy logo. Otherwise, that's it for me. I'm your host, Nick. I will catch you guys on the flip side and see you for... The second to th or the third week of January. Have a good one.